Hey everybody, welcome to The Buzz, your entertainment podcast with Scott Tady and Megan Miller. It's a day after the Grammys and you better believe we got a lot to say about that three hour, 40 minute telecast last night. Yes, it was exactly what, three hours and 40. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking about that a little later in the show. The, everything from the awards to the fashion to the performances, which I think are this kind of the standout of the Grammys. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, usually it's the Oscars, the fashion's almost as important as the awards. This time I wasn't getting that, but we'll, I think we'll end the show with that. What do you yeah, think? I think that's a good plan. But let's start with per- performance that's happening um, this week in Pittsburgh. Pretty excited. George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic coming to Stage AE on Thursday. I saw the last time they were at Stage AE, and it was one of those shows, I, I think it went on until midnight. They just they hit the stage, and they, they were refusing to leave it. It's just good old fun, uh, you know, classic funk rock band from the 70s, 80s. Uh, the catch here is it's a Mardi Gras tour. They're saying it's Mardi Gras madness and the tour starts in Pittsburgh, so anything can happen. It's going to be a very interesting show. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by that because usually when you think Mardi Gras, you think New Orleans. Like, I'm surprised they're not kicking it off there because what's Pittsburgh's tie, you know, to Mardi Gras? But that should be a really fun, you know, it's a Thursday night. It's not quite the weekend, but it's close enough. So I think that should be a really fun show. And I did an interview with George Clinton. Uh, of course, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, just a legendary guy. And I, I said, well, you, it's Mardi you're going to be throwing beads in the crowd. He goes, "Oh yeah, maybe I maybe I do need to do that." George, you should have thought of that right off the bat. I would have assumed when you say Mardi Gras, that would be like part of the stage, like with the masks and like purple and you know green and yellow yeah. everywhere. But maybe it's an understated Mardi Gras party. <laughs> is that is that possible? I I don't think you can be understated when it comes to the Mardi Gras. I think that's the point. It's going to be a good time. I'll, I'll let you know about it next week. Yeah, and another thing you're going to be letting readers know about later this week, um, there is a new movie theater opening in Swickley, and I'm quite excited about this. This is big news for the Valley. It's the Tall. Family Theater, right in downtown Sewickley. Two screens. The opening weekend is this Friday, Saturday. Uh, well, the whole weekend. They're showing Fences and La La Land, and then a documentary, a G-rated documentary that's won some awards. It's about a, it's called The Eagle Huntress. So it kind of gives you a feel for what they'll be showing. It's going to be quality movies, Oscar-worthy movies. It's going to be documentaries, indie, foreign films. Not your uh, Batman Lego kind of movies, but uh, it's something the Valley definitely needs. Yeah, now you got to kind of go on a tour of it last week, and you're going to feature all of this uh, coming up later this week online Wednesday as part of your Get Out This Weekend and then in uh, Thursday's uh, print edition. So you got to see this tour. What does it look like other theaters? Can you tell it's a little different? Like what can people expect going into it? Yeah, it's uh, not too ornate. You think so quickly, you wonder, is it going to be like a little mini Heinz Hall or something like that. They have some cool lighting fixtures when you walk in. But it, it's just a basic theater, but they really spent a lot of time to enhancing the experience. So it's state-of-the-art sound. It's, it's comfortable uh, sling-style kind of seats. It's uh, They were debating, do we need to take a few extra seats out to make sure the egress is fine? So they're, they really went you know, to every level to make sure it's just a comfortable experience for people. And they have some neat features. They're going to do a thing called the, the zip code or, or some kind of zip code thing where, say, it's Rochester's turn or Beaver's turn. If you go there that day, you get a free small popcorn. Oh, that's a really cool way to get people in. And also, I mean, people love free. So, I mean, so that's a cool way to get to see it. I, for one, and you probably are going to echo this, I'm very excited that, A, we're getting a movie theater, you know, pretty close to us, that they're going to be showing you know, first-run movies, but maybe not the Batman versus Superman, but different ones. But I'm thrilled that we're going to have another theater next year to see some of these Oscar-caliber movies that I don't have to drive to Bridgeville or Homestead or Boardman or something to see them. I can actually just 
shoot down 65, go to Swickley, and call it a day. Exactly. Like when La La Land was winning the Golden Globe last week, the, or last month, the closest it was to here was Robinson, which isn't that far. Swickley's just a you know hop, skip, and jump away. Uh, it, it is. It's going to be a, a big benefit. I don't think people have quite grasped how how good this is going to be for us. Yeah, I'm. I am excited about that. And it's not Swickley isn't as um, populated as far as Robinson goes, like with traffic, and it takes you know ten minutes to get in and out of like the Settlers Ridge where the theater <laughs> actually is. Yes. Um, where is the theater in Swickley? It's off of uh, that. You, if you're coming sixty five towards from Beaver County, you turn left before you get to that main crazy intersection, so you don't have to sit there at that that light where you sit forever. You where can, like the Sweetwater and the dealerships are. Exactly. Okay. You turn left before that, which is a big benefit, and then it's a, a block off the main street. Uh, they even made a point that concessions are going to be pretty basic. It's going to be the, the popcorn, the ice creams. They're kind of saying, we want you to come and, and go to a restaurant afterward or, or visit some of the businesses beforehand. They just want to be a, a part of the community, so uh, I, I respect that as well. But, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to find, and, you know, parking meters during the day, but it'll be free parking at night, so uh, it's going to be a good thing. Cool, and you can catch all of um, that information and photos and videos at timesonline.com slash entertainment on uh, Wednesday afternoon and again in uh, print on Thursday. And we will be right back. Get ready, get set, get out this weekend. Watch every Wednesday as I, Scott Tatey, give you the scoop on local entertainment and help you plan how to get out this weekend. Sponsored by Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center. A new episode premieres every Wednesday at timesonline.com slash get out or watch them on our Beaver County Times Roku channel. Don't miss it. And we are back on the bus. Scott Tatey and Megan Miller ready to talk some more entertainment. How about those Grammys? I thought you were going to sing hello to come back. <laughs> we were doing that when we were testing our volume earlier, but, you know, not quite. And how about a pat on the back? We both predicted it would be a big night for Adele. Yes. Nobody had a bigger night. She she swept. She won record of the year, song of the year, and album of the year. The one thing that I was curious about would be if Beyonce would have won album for Lemonade. But I was I was hoping and thought that Adele would at least sweep the song and records because I mean that song is so good. Of course, it was Hello, and I we've griped about this many times how the Grammys their time period and voting period is off it's not you know January 1st to December 31st like the movies it's what like October like 15th or something until the following years like September so Adele's album and um, songs all came out in what like November 2015 so it's so old by the time you know last night rolled around but she started the show with Hello, and as soon as she started singing, I'm like, that's why the song is nominated, and that's why it's probably going to win. It really set the tone for the evening. Uh, interesting night for her, though. She also had one of the biggest flubs of the night when they, during the tribute to George Michael, where she, uh, I, I guess, dropped an F-bomb or something. She she cut the song off. She she was messing it up. She, she was apologizing. She swore. She made the band start it all over again. What did you think about that? See, here's the thing. I mean, nobody ever wants that to happen, like, on a live show, and... It's one of those things like, you know, getting picked last in gym class, like, please don't, you don't want anyone else to do it either, but like, please don't let it be me. So she was probably just mortified about it. 
I thought she handled it okay as far as stopping, because it wasn't just her song. She was paying tribute to George Michael, so she had to do it well. She had a responsibility to do it well, to be respectful, and to sound good. So I like that she stopped it and started over. Um, I didn't catch everything that she was saying. I didn't really know what was going on for a minute because my TV, like, the sound went out for, like, 30 seconds, so I didn't know if there was a uh, technology issue or she was just swearing or and they bleeped her or what but what do you do in a case like that do you keep going and make it sound bad and then you're mariah carey on new year's (laughs) eve where everybody's criticizing her or does she stop and say i'm so sorry and even when she won later for i think it was song of the record or song i can't remember but one of um the awards later on she apologized she goes i'm so sorry you know for swearing i hope i didn't offend you and that was a nice i mean she you could tell it shook her a little bit it's hindsight, but I, I I don't know if she was the best choice to do a George Michael tribute. I would have liked to see like Adam Lambert or someone that maybe that bigger, been a good one. or do a peer, get someone like Boy George who was back in the day with George Michael, uh, something like that. I, as much as I love Adele and hearing her, her sing, uh, it, that was just a curious pairing. Although there were more curious ones during the evening. Yeah, um, one of my favorite. I shouldn't even say favorites because the Grammys were kind of. They were a little long, and I don't know if it was just I was tired or it was a little long, or they kind of had things, you know, stretched out a little over the three hours and 40 minutes, like we mentioned. But I did like Alicia Keys and Maren Morris. I thought that was a good pairing. That was. They were soulful together. Yeah, they both have – I mean, you forget how beautiful Alicia Keys' voice is until she starts singing, and it's like, oh, that's why she's Alicia Keys. But I really liked that one. Um, It wasn't a pairing, but um, Ed Sheeran, of course, he's always – he's just solid. Like, he's just one of the best. <laughs> he was. Bruno Mars, I thought, stole the show when he did the Prince tribute. Uh, Prince, Bruno was just on fire. He ended with some guitar playing. He was just shredding that guitar, as Prince did. So uh, and I like what they did. They just did one song, Let's Go Crazy, one of Prince's best. They didn't do a, a medley, which could have got choppy and bogged down. Yeah. They didn't do Purple Rain, which, which we heard too much last year. It was an upbeat, just a great rocking song that showcased the talents of both Bruno and and Prince. Yeah, it just encapsulated what Prince did, and I love that Bruno came out, because it's a fine line when you do a tribute like this. You're already setting yourself up for failure a little bit, and criticism. You have to do it perfect, and I think he just slayed it. Like, I mean, he came out in the purple, his hair was, e- or the purple suit, his hair was even a little um, like Prince's, and I think people sometimes forget how talented Bruno Mars actually is, and I think this was a solid reminder. Thought so too. Uh, some of the other pairings, I, I wasn't really feeling. I, I'm glad they did a tribute to the Bee Gees, but Demi Lovato and Tori Kelly, I, I, I wasn't quite getting that. Uh, Tori Kelly is very talented. Demi's a great vocalist, but I, I just didn't see the connection what they brought to a Bee Gees tribute. I would have liked a little more relevance as far as like somebody who may have been alive when the Bee Gees were out, or <laughs> yeah. like no like more about them it's kind of like with what you said with George Michael and Adele you know that I mean she has a beautiful voice and she was good for that but I would have liked somebody who was impacted you know by him or spent some time with them or you know something like that I thought Sturgill Simpson did a very good performance. He, he was up for Album of the Year, and, and host James Corden made a joke in the beginning that Google crashed because people were Googling who's, who's Sturgill Simpson. And, of course, those of us who like good country music knew who he was, and I thought he did very well. Yeah, now what did you think? I could probably hear you screaming from miles away <laughs> when Metallica's oh. microphone was not working, but Lady oh. Gaga's was oh. <laughs> during their mashup. So painful, because once they got their act together, they really were rocking out, yeah. and Lady Gaga looked fabulous. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. 
But, yeah, the first two verses, James Hetfield and Metallica's mic wasn't working. And it was just so exasperating. I, I knew at the end what he was going to do. As soon as the song was over, did you see him? He did a karate kick of his microphone stand. It looked oh, like I he was that. ready to throw his guitar. He he was pretty steamed, and, and as were Metallica fans all over the world. Well, one time, you need the microphone to work. Come on. Yeah, and it's like, couldn't it have gone out during, like, some? I mean, not <laughs> yeah. that you want to sabotage somebody else's performance, but of all the ones. Now... I don't. I'm not a performer. I know how difficult something like that, especially live. But his microphone seemed to be out for a while. Like, could he not hear? Because he finally like went on and like shared Gaga's, which was good. But it seemed like that went on for too long before he moved. And maybe he just couldn't hear. I was wondering the same thing. Do they they have the monitors in their ear? Do they get? Can they hear from the soundboard? Someone tell me, uh, Yo, James, your your mic's not working, or is it just so loud? He's so caught up in the moment, or. Someone should have done something. Some, someone in the audience, Jay-Z, should have got up and, and given the signal, like, dude, your mic doesn't work. Or yeah, because I'm assuming the lead singer for Metallica probably doesn't have the best hearing anymore. <laughs> Just, I mean, not a, yeah. not a criticism, not, you know, making fun, but, I mean, how can your hearing not be impacted <laughs> by, like, just playing that? I mean, you hear all these musicians who, you know, are 50 years old, 60 years old and losing their hearing. Um, but, yeah, I... But let's talk Gaga. She looked fabulous. She did, I, and she rocked out. A little crowd surfing there. Oh, I missed like that. that. She, I think I think I got a little bored halfway through the Grammys, and I missed some things. She, but. she jumped in the crowd. It wasn't very long. It wasn't like a Springsteen kind of. But uh, yeah, and she was believable as a rocker chick. She was. She she looked adorable. Like her makeup was just on point. Her outfit, like she just looked like she was just ready to do this. And <laughs> it shows how uh, versatile she is because we of course talked about her last week from her killer halftime performance and then this was just a complete 180 and she knocked it out of the park too we got to talk about this is the first time in five years a new host james corden what'd you think you know i was hoping like as m- much as i've been you know criticizing ll cool j <laughs> for like why is he here why is he hosting year after year I wasn't that blown away by James Corden. I, I thought he was fine. Like, I didn't think he walked away. I'm like, oh, that's the worst host ever. But it didn't blow me away either. The opening number, opening number was pretty tedious. Uh, it was some slapstick humor, and it, it just went on too long. I, I thought he got better as the show went on. He, of course, he did the carpool karaoke, and, and he kind of did a, an eye roll, like, look, they're making me do this, because this is the only thing he's really famous for for a lot of people. He got Neil Diamond singing Sweet Caroline with some celebrities. He did a funny thing when they were showing. He, he was encouraging people to tweet, and the messages were like, this guy stinks, and bring back LL Cool J, and that was really funny. But, but yeah, as far as overall performance, I, I'm not hankering for him to come back next year. Yeah, it's not like you see him, like you see Neil Patrick Harris like host one thing, and you're like, okay, he needs to do the Oscars, or he needs to, like, I'm good. I thought he was fine. I mean, I didn't think, I thought some of it was a little boring. I was expecting a little more pizzazz or you know something at least like sh- not shock value but i guess a little like that we got to mention the local angle 18 year old mount lebanon girl Daya won her first grammy yeah she um the thing that i the one thing that i love about the grammys is they announce a lot of the categories because they have so many categories um they announce them early i think what we knew at what five thirty or something like that that she won so that was great to know early and then i think Part of the reason why they do that is so they can focus on these mashups and performances during the actual telecast. 
yeah, it's, maybe Oscars will take a note on that. We don't need oh. to see the, the best cinematography by a short film film or something like that. Uh, you know, let's stick more to the, the celebrity and the star power kind of thing. Yeah, so that was really cool because it was her first nomination and win, right? She so. won the category's uh, Best Dance Recording. She's the lead vocalist on a song by the Chainsmokers who were up for several awards. And uh, they broke the news first. I kept going to Deo's Twitter to see when she was going to react, and it took her a while. To, maybe, maybe she was in shock or something. I don't know. But yeah. it was a cool thing. We, we had a picture in today's paper of her accepting her award and uh you know it's, it's just a proud moment yeah so that was a cool thing because she is just continuing i think to rise and she'll be at stage ae um in march performing as well exactly ending ending her tour there and uh you know, think about being 18 years old and being a grammy winner what, what were you doing at 18 were you- i was not winning a grammy <laughs> 18 that's for sure so that's really cool and it's cool that you know she is uh from pittsburgh as well so so anything else to add on the Grammys? No, like we said, Adele was the big winner. Uh, Beyonce was the most nominated, and, and she won some, but uh, it was Adele's party, that's for sure. What did you think of uh, Beyonce's performance? I thought it was too long. I, it, it was neat, the, the trick where she was in a chair. It looked like you know, here she is pregnant with twins, and, and she was almost upside down or, or in this crazy balance on a chair. That was theatrical, but it wasn't as much singing as I wanted. You know, there was a lot of crazy video thing in the beginning. You couldn't tell what's live and what's hologram. And, and what was that, real and what wasn't. Yeah, so that got a bit distracting. I, I like her as a performer, but I, I just thought it was too uh, too trippy. Yeah, it was like trying to like prove that she's artistic, and like we already know that we. If you've ever seen her show or you saw um, the visual concept of Lemonade, like you know she's a visual person. She is you know artistic, but. I just, I didn't care for it. I didn't think there was enough singing, like you mentioned. And also, nobody else, like, she got that time, that amount of time because she's Beyonce. And I think everybody was kind of, like, on the edge of their seat. Because I was on my, the edge of my seat. Like, she's pregnant with twins. She just announced it a couple weeks ago. Like, what does she look like? Like, how, you know, far along is she? You know, that sort of thing. But I just, I don't think anybody else would have gotten that amount of time to do something like that. And this is just a matter of timing, I guess, but David Bowie won four awards, uh, and they didn't really do much of a tribute to him. And I understand why, because they did a big tribute to him at last year's Grammys, so what can you do? But at the same time, I I thought somehow they needed to acknowledge the fact that the great David Bowie winning four awards, four Grammys posthumously. Is there such a thing as doing too many tributes to David Bowie? I don't think so. (laughs) Like, I mean, one more wouldn't have, you know, hurt anyone. They could have at least done his song and did it in memoriam or played a song, you know, as they were, you know, presenting it to him or did a video clip or I don't know, something. I have one of his contemporaries come up and, and, you know, uh, accept the award or whatever. I don't know who he would get. He, you know, he was one of a kind, but uh, someone from... The history of classic rock to to talk about what a significant artist he was. Somehow they should have found a way. Because he was still relevant when he passed away last year. I mean, he had just released the album. It's not like like Prince. He didn't have new music, right, when Mm -hmm, he died last year. So, I mean, he not only was he still relevant, he was up for these awards, which meant that he released the music in this time period and he won for them. So, yeah, I would have, now that you mentioned that, I didn't think of that until right now. I just thought of it too. Yeah, so... (laughs) Um, well, we're going to talk more uh, Grammys a little later um, in this podcast. Uh, some I'm going to see you segue to our next topic. Okay, well, I will because I've been waiting a very long time for this. Um, we'll talk a little TV first. Um, after the Super Bowl, which I had to catch up on it on demand after the fact because I fell asleep, um, 24 Legacy was like the lead in after the Super Bowl um, last Sunday night. Prefacing that with the fact you're a huge 24 fan, you're a huge Kiefer Sutherland fan, so now we have a new we have hero. A, yes. Um, thankfully, his name is not Jack Bauer because I think I would have thrown my remote at the TV. Um, Corey Hawkins plays um, 
I think his name's Eric Carter. I can't even remember. Um, he is the new like, kind of like this rogue agent um, on 24 Legacy. It is follows the format of 24, but it just has a new hero and a new you know storyline. Um, two episodes have now aired. The third one airs uh, tonight on Fox. Um, so far, I'm liking it. It's close enough to the original 24, but like he's not trying to take over Jack Bauer, so that's that's a good thing. They're still doing it in real time where the clock is ticking and you're kind of caught up in, in, in the suspense of, you know, you're seeing what's happening in real time. Yeah, and I like that because, like, when the um, clock started ticking on the first episode, I'm like, welcome back, friend. Like, it was just a nice, but it was very jarring to hear somebody other than Kiefer Sutherland say the following takes place between 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. So that was a little, took a minute to get used to, but it has the same like ridiculousness that the original 24 had. I don't know what to call it other than that. Like, you know, one minute he's, you know, in this like construction site, like killing terrorists with this like barrel that he'd like pushed by himself. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. But, and then the next minute he's in like this gun battle with other people. So it has that same, like this could never happen in a 15 minute time span like the original (laughs) did. But the thing that I always liked about the original, like those things could happen, just not all in one day. So the fate of the world always always is in the hands of one superhero. People like that. Yeah, and I mean, it it is a little more political than I remember the original. Um, You know, this one, um, like the preface of the show is there was this team of like five um, soldiers and they took out a like Bin Laden type um, person overseas and now they were leaked. Like somebody found out their identity and that's like the premise and all of the other people in the team or um, on that um, team were killed and the main character, um, Eric, and then another guy are the only ones left alive and they're trying to figure out like who leaked them and of course was it CTU? Was it, you know, somebody who went rogue in, you know, running for, you know, president? Like it's just all of these like different pieces that come together and I'm not explaining it very well. <laughs> I, I realize that. But it's a lot of guys running from gunfire and, and stuff blowing up and saving and fighting terrorism and yeah. And Jimmy Smith is running for president. <laughs> Too bad they can't tie it in with Designated Survivor, the show that Kiefer's on now. Yeah, I, like, I'm waiting for a Jack Bauer reference because there haven't been any yet, which I get because they're, I mean, this new guy is probably like, can people please stop talking about Kiefer Sutherland like I'm not him? But, I mean, he does a, he does a pretty good job. Um, like the original... It's such a good support cast. Like, there are a lot of different, you know, characters. And, I mean, we're still very early in the season, so it could go, like, a million different ways. And you know all of these storylines are connected, but you just don't know how yet. Like, there's uh, one part where there's a um, student in a high school who has, like, plans to, like, blow up the high school. But we're like, how does that tie in with everything else that, you know, this seat, this uh, soldier is doing. How are the ratings doing? Because usually there's there's a big audience, of course, after the Super Bowl, but then the true test is how do they do in the second episode? That, I don't, I don't know the answer to that one. I'm not sure. Um, I'm thinking the Telltale, because they premiered it one last Sunday and one last Monday, and then the next one is, you know, this Monday. So I'm wondering what the drop-off would be from last week to this week because, you know, you have right after the Super Bowl and, okay, it's next the next night, I'll follow up, but then you had to wait a whole week. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious how that is going to play out. We'll see. Yeah, so if you haven't, I mean, it's definitely worth watching. I haven't completely made my mind up yet if I like it as much as the original if I'm going to continue watching because that's 24 episodes to 
that's a that's quite a time commitment. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to give it a few more before I make my decision. Uh, we'll check back with you. Yeah, and um, we had an exciting um, afternoon in downtown Beaver on Saturday. Beaver was hopping more than usual on a Saturday, and no wonder Rick Seaback was in town. Jeez, yes. the WQED, one of the most beloved guys in, in Pittsburgh television. We've That's all seen his documentaries, and he was in town at Don's Deli. And he is, like, I, I've never met him before Saturday, and I always had in my mind that he was just, like, this big Pittsburgh celebrity. He has this, like, larger-than-life personality and, like, aura about him, and he did not disappoint. He just kind of walked in like anybody would into a deli, and... But, you know, as soon as, like, he came in, people started applauding, and they're like, all right, let's set you up and, you know, have you, you know, cut the, what kind, it was cheddar, right? They called it Top Hat Cheddar. Because he, it's fancy like him. Yes. Um, but before he did that, he's like, well, do you want me to take pictures first? So I thought that was nice that he, you know, knew that's what people, you know, wanted to do and meet him and everything. So he took some photos, did some photo ops, and then cut into the cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a fun little gimmick that Don's Deli is doing. They, they call them like celebrity cheese cuttings, as it were. And Donny Iris was first, and now it was Rick Seaback. And it draws a big crowd. And so there's your chance to meet Rick. He'll, he'll hand you a piece of cheddar cheese. And uh, the place was packed. We've, we've been to Don's many times, and uh, it, it was standing room only. It was. And, I, and some people were there like eating lunch because it was like one o'clock on a Saturday but a lot of people you could tell made their plans around like a lot of people were eating in there and you know sampling cheese and getting lunch but you could tell they were there to center it around Rick Seaback being there so that was cool and he he was very nice and he you know kind of took the time to talk to everybody and take photos and all of that so can't wait to see who Dawn's gets next for their, their celebrity cheese cutting yeah I'm, have they asked you yet um, pretty far <laughs> down the pretty far down the food chain for me but. I don't know you like their uh, four cheese maybe next panini time, maybe next time Brett Michaels is in town <clears throat> oh yeah because he's done food things before didn't he have like a new menu at Hard, Hard Rock, Rock Cafe his own, so, his own salad I believe yeah so let's get him on the phone <laughs> But, um, all right, are you ready for this week's Love It or Loathe It? Oh, definitely. Let's play Fashion Police. i love to do that. All right. Who, who at the Grammys last night, who blew you away? Who were you like, man, I was expecting more from, or? Two of the ones I really like, Carrie Underwood on, on, performing. I mean, it, it was a leggy costume, but she wore it well, let's face it. It was very colorful on top, too, and it? Yeah, I actually preferred her stage costume to her red carpet look because if you're Carrie Underwood's stylist, why would you put her in a long gown? Now, granted, it had a slit, but her legs are, I mean, she's a beautiful, beautiful girl, but she has just such beautiful legs. Like, there are all these different things on Twitter or, like, online, you know, the workouts to get Carrie Underwood's legs. Like, that, that those, those posts exist, and I would be lying if I said I haven't clicked on them before. So I was kind of like, why is she, you know, in this long gown? But her stage costume with Keith Urban was just so beautiful. It just looked so nice on her. She looked really good, and she wore it well. And my second favorite, we mentioned her, Lady Gaga, in a rocker chick. She had, like, the, the vintage 80s classic rock tee kind of cut short. And I, I I believed her as a rocker. I yeah, really did. It, it looks like she's costume. been doing that her whole life. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a costume. She just looked – and she had, like, some sort of – she had the cutoff jeans and, or jean shorts and then, like, some kind of fishnet or something, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked that. Her makeup looked just so it, – it wasn't overdone, though. Hair was kind of teased, but it wasn't too over the top. It was yeah. – it was. you just believe that she's been doing that for a long time. Time. It was tasteful. It was really, it wasn't just somebody, you know, putting on a, you know, costume they would never touch. So, what are some of the ones you were digging? Well, I really 
liked um, Adele's performance outfit better than her red carpet. The green number on the red carpet really didn't do anything for me, but um, the dress that she wore for um, Hello, it was kind of, you know, this black skirt with just kind of, it almost looked like stained glass mosaic almost on the top, and I, I really liked it. I thought she looked really, really pretty. I thought Maren Morris really made a statement there. Yeah, I can't decide which costume I liked better, if it was her stage or her red carpet. The red carpet one took a minute, but only at the Grammys can you wear some of these creations. Like she had on, it almost looked like she had on a short, tight, purple lace bodysuit with just like pieces of fabric <laughs> that like came down on a like open-ended skirt. I don't even know how to describe it, but you wouldn't, you would never wear that to the Oscars or Golden Globes or any other red carpet, but it works for the Grammys. She had to stand up very carefully to walk onto the yes, stage to not, very... to not show too much. It, it was a good night for double-sided tape, I would I was, say. I was just going to say there was a lot of double-sided tape in that audience, but... Halsey, did you see what she was wearing or not wearing? Holy cow. I was not a fan of that because I think it could have looked really good but it, like the pants were baggy and it just wasn't fitted and I, I'm not a fan of the jumpsuit I feel like we've been there done that and we need to retire that along with the Angelina Jolie like leg yeah. pose with the <laughs> with the slit up to your hip like that like she did it we're done we've had a lot of jumpsuits with plunging necklines like let's go on to the next we saw that at the, at the Golden Globes and it must be the trend now that the deep the very deep plunging yeah. V in the front yeah and of course J-Lo came out and kind of reminded everyone did it first still rocking it she uh, she is just life goals <laughs> like for me she she has not aged in I think 20 years, but she looked beautiful. I liked her dress, I didn't love it. She had too much um, like fabric and material up by her neck that I just don't think it added anything to the dress, but the rest of it, the color looked beautiful, the dress looked beautiful, and so did she. And probably the biggest fashion statement of the night was 21 Pilots taking their pants off to go up on stage. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's funny because I didn't hate that, but I didn't love it either. It was just kind of a weird, because they kind of told the story behind it. Go ahead. Where back maybe four years ago when they were, according to them, like absolute nobodies and didn't have any fan base just starting out, they were watching the Grammys with a bunch of friends, guy friends. For some reason, here's the part of the story I don't get. They weren't wearing their pants when they were watching that, and that's not normal, let me tell you. I was going to say, is that a thing dudes do when they get together? <laughs> no. They just, you know, take off their pants and watch the Grammys? But they said that's what they were doing, and then one turned to the other and said, you know what, if we ever become big someday, if we ever win a Grammy, we're going to go on stage without our pants. So it was, it was kind of like an inside joke, and uh, it turned to be an inspirational story where they they looked out in the crowd and said, look, this can be you someday, you know, believe in your dreams, and it could happen. So that part turned it cool. Uh, it was just odd seeing them on stage in their their underwear. <laughs> Do you think that was tr a true story? I read an article about a month ago. They were, they talked about that as well. So okay. I, I, I buy into it on some level. Yeah, I, I think it's true. And then uh, people also talk about Bruno Mars and his tracksuit. You know what? He was in the tracksuit for his per Did he wear that on the red carpet too? Because I never saw him. I, I missed just, him on the red carpet. Okay. Um, he was in this like vintage like 80s like <laughs> nylon tracksuit for his first performance um, of his own song and he was in this like god-awful outfit and he was still the most beautiful person yeah. in that auditorium he got away with it it, it did look cool it, it kind of captured his his fun and energy yeah he doesn't take himself too seriously i think as a person or a performer and i like that but he is i mean he just is a very good looking performer anyone else you want to rant or rave about um i liked faith hill I thought she looked nice. Yes. They... I thought she looked nice. Um, I like Nick Jonas. I know we don't really devote a lot of time to the men uh, for 
red carpet lover, love it or loathe it. But he had like this studded jacket and it wouldn't have been appropriate for any other award show, but for the Grammys it was. I agree. And yeah, you mentioned Faith Hill. She was this year's Taylor Swift. Anytime they, they needed a crouch on, it was either her or Jay-Z, it seemed like. They, they were Although, plenty what did, of camera time. What did you think of Blue Ivy's uh, little nod to Prince? Oh, she's, she kept stealing the show too. Yeah, I mean, they were doing the carpool karaoke and she came running in on the shot and everything like that. But, you know, I mean, you're that cute. You're not going to steal yeah. the show. If, and if anybody living under a rock, Blue Ivy is Beyonce and Jay-Z's uh, daughter. And she was in this cute little, like, pink tuxedo. And it was kind of a nod to Prince's <laughs> purple, you know, suit. I still question why children were there. Because I don't think any other child other than Beyonce's child would have been allowed into that auditorium. Yeah, especially when Adele's up on stage <laughs> singing some swear words. But. Yeah, and I mean, she seemed mortified by that, and she apologized later, and she probably did apologize because she saw a five-year-old in the audience. But at the same time, if you're taking your kid to an adult event, I mean, at the Grammys, do you really expect PG language? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting it from Adele, but um, I also kind of liked Kelsey Ballerini. Oh, yeah. Her outfit. Yeah, it was just really, it was a little understated. She kind of played it a little safe, but it was pretty. She still had a little extra material around the neck, too. I hope that's not a trend. And it was kind of odd to me. They were doing the uh, the Bee Gees tribute, and they had a uh, little Big Ten on there. The, the one guy looks like he could have been one of the Bee Gees. Yeah, they Didn't were he in, had like... This, he had the, the hair, that, that sort of that uh, yeah. 70s kind of hair about him. They had, all were in, like, disco-type outfits with, like, just sequins everywhere. But... I think you kind of have to a little bit. You need to be respectful, but you still have to, like, go to that era. Kind of like what um, Bruno Mars did with Prince. Exactly. So, any other last parting moments of fashion or otherwise, Grammy-wise? No, the ball's in your court now, Oscars. We'll we'll see how if you can top some of the fashions we saw. Uh, Usually, Oscars are more elegant, but also more provocative. So Yeah, it's a bit, like, stunning provocative, not what were they thinking. I feel like the globes are a little more whimsy. But the Oscars are more straightforward. But there's still some chances. I remember the one year with the giant bow that um, Emma Stone wore on her dress. I think that was the Oscars. I don't think we'll see any of the actors taking their pants off, though. Yeah, I'm thinking everybody's going to remain clothed. And if they're showing a lot of skin, they came that way. And there's a lot of tape involved. (laughs) That's going to be my guess. But um, thank you for joining us. Um, That's it for this week's episode of The Buzz. Um, As always, you can follow along on the latest of entertainment news at timesonline.com slash entertainment. Lots of ways to hear this show as well. Stitcher Radio, iTunes, timesonline.com backslash podcasts. And, of course, SoundCloud. My favorite. Yes, and um, if you're searching on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, um, you can search uh, us by searching the Beaver County Times. And um, you can also follow us on Twitter and stay up to date on everything local entertainment. Um, Where can we we find you? I tweet all the time at, at my name, at Scott Tady. And I'm at Maggie E. Thanks for joining us.